Welcome to the Dangerous Man Podcast, where we talk about how to become a better man, take responsibility for our mission, create value for others, and the many failures and lessons we've learned along the way. Stay dangerous. up guys you are listening to the dangerous man podcast this is your host john castoris joined by co-host adam tuff what's up boys what's popping what's up welcome to another episode of masculine excellence um yeah today we have a special guest on the show the first of many occurrences i'm sure uh a dear friend of mine and adam's actually from uh our hometown of saint paul minnesota this is uh, our friend peter jingdahl Hi, Peter. Yo, yo. How we doing? Pete is a, uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's building a business, inspiring on others um, to grow in their own personal health, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. And he is a couple years ahead of Adam and I, age-wise. And he's just a really inspiring um, and driven, passionate man. And um, he's willing to say things that will be a little bit um, you could say unkosher for the sake of um, being able, willing to say what needs to get said. And I really respect that about him. Today, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Peter? Yeah. A um, little bit about me. Um, what's, your, what's your elevator pitch, you know? Full, full, you know, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a mechanic. Um, and I don't want to be a mechanic. <laughs> you yeah. used to want to uh, rebuild heavy construction equipment. Uh, I specialize in transmissions. Um, rebuild transmissions. I've got, you know, 500 or so under the belt. Uh, out of like big old cat and Agco machines. Um, so that's, that's a good time. Um, if you need me to fix your car, don't ask. Because I don't want to figure it out. <laughs> I'll do my own. But Unless it weighs five times as much as your car. And yeah. The, each part is worth yeah, probably you, you 10 got, times You got a 7,000 pound transmission for me to rebuild? Perfect. <laughs> if it's anything smaller than that, I don't want it. No. <laughs> Get out of you. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, uh, you know, I live, live in West St. Paul. Um, just living, um, trying to build, build my business. Um, and then helping other people build their businesses. Um, that's kind of become my Dude, my thing. Um, I've I've really taken to personal excellence uh, pretty hardcore in the past year. Um, I had been like on my A game and then I threw it away when the government made some decisions and I I, I let that, that bitch voice win uh, in my life pretty hard. Um, so I had Mm. to, had to make some real hard choices, uh, and, and this past year has been, uh, pretty, pretty extreme in that department. Big Uh, turnaround, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, (laughs) I've, I've lost 115 pounds, uh, in, in the past 11 and a half months. Let's go. Um, 
So that see that that right there, guys, for our listeners, we like come on. That's that's if that ain't dangerous, I don't know what is. Like, mm-hmm. give me a break. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, I I I'm I'm like hella proud of what I've done, what I've accomplished, but like. Ever, everyone's like, oh man, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Dude, I, I hear those words and I just, I don't know how to react. Yeah. Because, because part of me is like, I want, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, thanks. But like, what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to say when someone says that they're like super proud of you or they're like, I, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> what am I supposed to say in response to that? You know, I don't know. It's just something that I. Is it because like, you feel like you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place or? um, Sort of. Sort of. Uh, the other reason is because I, I look at where I've gotten to and I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so, so why are you saying I'm proud? Like, like to me, you know, I yeah. just, I just, that's yeah. where, that's where I, I have a problem with it is because wow. I'm like, I'm not done yet. You know, this, I'm, I'm in the process of sculpting myself into who I'm becoming you know that's that's the beauty of being a man is, is in a way quite literally oh yes yes <laughs> with, with 100 like, pounds again yeah yeah, yeah uh, I just took a chisel to my chest and you know <laughs> I'm going at it no <laughs> but like that's that's basically what it what it was or what it is to be like being a man is like subscribe now <laughs> absolutely click that button no it, it's like chisel fitness maybe <laughs> business idea um it, for, for me it's like as as a man um, we are, we're able to, um, we, we sculpt, we sculpt ourselves. Um, we get to be, we're, we're like the author of, of ourselves, like, like how we, how we design our lives, how we create our lives to be. Um, so like when we are, when we're living our life, we're, we're choosing the things that we want to do. And then, and then as we do them, um, so it's like, oh, I want to go lift weights. Uh, one of my one of my heroes for the gym is uh, Chris Balmstead. Uh, shout out four time um, absolute unit, uh, Mr. Olympia. But he like watching him train and how how he's like literally like every move, every every motion in the gym is is designed to enhance and make a certain part of his body like look a certain way. And we Whoa. get to do that. Um, and that's like, that's like part of being a man is like designing who we want ourselves to be. Um, we, we wake, like when, when you were born, there was no, there's no like script for your life. Like, Hmm. like, you know, it's just, you exist now, you know, like God created you, but now it's okay. What am I going to do with that? Who am I going to become? Because that's that's what we're trying to figure out, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a dangerous man. What is that, you know? Who's who are who are dangerous men, you know, that I look up to or that I respect? And then and then, what are the traits that I really like about them? And how can yeah. I exemplify that, or or live up to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you know, when I say sculpt, like quite quite literally, being in the gym now, like you know, this whole year, I, I just started going to the gym again. Um, which that yeah. might really shock people. Um, you didn't lose that. I didn't weight. lose the weight. I didn't lose that weight by being in the gym. That was pure diet. Um, wow. Pure diet. Uh, the last maybe month I've been in the gym. 
Um, and my body, I'm just, I'm just like rebuilding a whole bunch of muscle right now. So like my weight doesn't look like I'm losing weight anymore, but that's fine. Um, cause I know what I can feel how my body's changing. Like I just had to punch a couple holes in my belt, uh, oh, just, yeah. just this week. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a little bit, maybe a little, little bit about me, a little bit more, I don't know, a little less. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, I, I love it. Oh, that's, that's great. That's, that's a pretty good introductory of what you've been, uh, what you've been up to and yeah. what you're about and what you're doing. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, I, and I think it, it's, it's such a testament to like, yeah, it's interesting. He said like people saying I'm proud of you and, and whatnot. And you're like, well, I'm not done yet. Like. No. You know, that doesn't do that much for me. He's, he's not he, finished yet. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> yep. um, it, I don't know. I could get on the whole soapbox of like going and sharing all of your goals with people and then you kind of lose your edge with it. Yep. But if you keep it kind of, if you keep it in and you're like, no, I know where I'm going. It like, it keeps a ship on your shoulder, you know? I, and dude, yeah. uh, other, other hero, uh, and Andy Frisella talks about the chip on his shoulder Oh, yeah. Bro, when he goes off on that, I'm like, yep, yep, <laughs> right there, right there. Weak, weak-minded people don't get it. The people who are like, I'm going somewhere in this life, dude, they like they understand the chip on a shoulder. And it's not, it's not like a you know, yeah. for for him, it's the whole I want to ram ram it down their throat about how wrong they are. To me, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to like ram it down someone's throat. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that to me. I, it's just that's not necessarily who I am. Um, yeah. and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, you know, bothered by that, but I'm like, like, to me, it's just maybe a little less extreme. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rub your face in it. Like, ha you know, you never believed in me or pe- people who are like, Oh dude, I like tell, telling you like, no, what you're doing stupid. Like you're never going to make it then when they're like hitting that success and people are like, Oh dude, I've always believed in you. It's like, it's like, Oh, I, I actually remember when you, uh, when, when you said that, I was stupid for trying. Just like call like, them on their shit. Dude, I, I'll 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 call them out on it, and they're always like, ooh, ooh, oh shit, like <laughs> damn. And it's like, yeah, don't you don't you don't have to lie to me. Keep like it, keep you it didn't real, guys. you didn't believe in me, but that that you know whatever. Here's me proving you wrong. Yeah, and Thank now that you. I've proved you wrong, now you believe in me because you know I can do things. Right. Yeah. There, absolutely. There's a saying that I heard recently, and it's it's people are never um like excited that you did something or accomplished something they're surprised that you accomplished in something. And yeah, I just had a huge shift with that. That's, that's honestly, that (laughs) pisses me off a little bit. Like, I think that's honestly something that I experienced sometimes growing up when I would like do something. I'm like, Oh, this is a cool thing I did. And I think even my parents would be like, Oh, okay. They wouldn't be like, Oh, good for you. Let's go. Like, like, yeah, let's, we're, pumped that you got this thing did this thing and we're like oh okay wow like i didn't realize you were capable of that and it's like that's almost like what it is and it's like thanks but didn't you want (laughs) me to chase my dreams at some point like (sighs) what were you just expecting me not to do anything (laughs) dude i okay so one of the things that that i i kind of that bothers me about that is like that the people being surprised is it's like they actually have like zero faith in you. It's not even like a. That's exactly what. Hey, it is. I have. I, you know, 
I think I think you can do something great with your life, whatever. But then it's like, no, they legitimately don't. Like they put you into a box. Like that means nothing. We, to them. we just we put we put everyone into a box, and then and then if somehow you step outside of that box, people are like, wait, what? Did you just did you just get out of the box that I created for you? Like you're not allowed to do that. And you're like, uh, watch me, because yeah, <laughs> they're like, wait, I, I thought I was God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, on on that note, yeah, we're gonna. Adam's not God, and he doesn't think he's God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's someone saying that, that's know, that's I someone know. saying like, oh, like I created this box for you, and now you're breaking out of that. You're not allowed to do that because out of like, I guess a lot of human pride, yeah. um, for yeah. people is like, no, like the labels that I put on people, that's what they have to stay as. Yep. Because if they change, then like what's my worldview? And I think that's like the huge thing about the us becoming dangerous men is like, we're breaking those labels and then like waking people up to like what life is and like what's possible. Yeah. One, one thing like I want to matrix, you know? Yeah. Right. So one, one of the things I do want to say, touch, touch on with that though, yeah, is it's not, I, I mean, yes, people are surprised when we step outside of the box that they've created for us. But I think it's also that they are upset at themselves for not stepping out of their for, box. for not stepping out of their own box that they've created for themselves. Like like that they yeah. that they don't have what you have. And so mm-hmm. they're like they're they're like jealous or they're angry or they're like you know whatever they start to compare mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And they're and they're like man, he did it and I just I don't know that I have what it takes and so they they kind of freak out about it. Um I have I have uh, someone 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 in my life who them. who likes to likes to talk about like oh man you know I'd love I'd love to like lose all this weight or whatever and I'm I'm like I can help you with that like that's that's who I am you know I'm I'm down to help people you know mm-hmm. I, that's how you mm-hmm. build a big business is you focus on others you know yeah. but like to me it's like hey I I can help you with this and the, and the, this this individual always has the same mentality the same like mindset of like. Well, no, it works for you, but there's no way it would work for me. Yeah, it's like shameful comparison. Yeah. And like yeah. shameful comparison is like the thief of joy. And I think it steals your money too, to be honest. Facts. It's, I mean, it's so mindset driven. and Specifically the shameful part though. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't look at comparison as the thief of joy. That's actually something that a lot of yeah. people say. I don't look at it like that. Um, What's, what kind of comparison are you doing? Right. That's, right. That's, Who are you comparing yourself to and why? That's why when a lot of people yeah. say like, oh, like comparing leads to despairing or something like that is yeah. like, well, what kind of comparing are you doing? Because you do have to look at other people and say like, hey, what that person is doing is really cool. I should maybe do more of that. But I need to compare myself to them and like, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Yes. You still have to make that comparison. But at the same time, and then fucking go do something about it. And then fucking go do something (laughs) about it. Not, but like you can sometimes be like, oh, they're really great. Uh, That's in those ways, I am not great. Therefore, I'm shit. You're not shit. And you might just have some shitty parts that you're, you might just be in some shit and you need to get rid of that shit. (laughs) Like I see guys doing big things or doing something better than me. It doesn't trigger a comparison of jealousy and shame anymore. If anything, it just calls me on where I'm slacking off and yes, where I'm yeah. soft and where I embrace the victim mindset and I live in shit. And 
it actually, now it's just like, oh yeah, I don't want to be that way. So I'm going to change. I want to be like them. Like it inspires me. Yes. Yeah. But like before it would just be like, it would remind me of how despairing my life was because I had no hope and yeah. I had no purpose. I had no vision of where I was going with my yeah. life. Like yep. now I wish I would like run into more people that drove like really nice cars, like, like dummy nice cars. So I can be like, so how the fuck did you get to be able to afford that? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Let roll- me know how you did that. Because I'm going to probably copy some of the stuff that you're doing. I'll roll the window down now and <laughs> I'll literally go, ow, ow. And it's like, Dude, that's what's up. Good ride. I'll, I'll do that shit now because I, I just like, mm-hmm. it, it gets me jacked, you know. So I was, I was, I was merging onto the freeway um, and for those who know me, I have a like borderline completely straight piped uh, suburban. I I love it. I love the crackle of the exhaust, you know, everything. Um, it's any, character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm pulling on the freeway and I look in my mirror in my, my, uh, my left, left hand, like driver's side mirror and pulling up like behind me is a uh, C6 ZR1. So a, cor- a Corvette um, dude is like, slammed like that thing's like borderline touching the ground like the the lip like everything mm-hmm. i can hear him coming up on me and i'm like oh oh yeah like i i love I, okay i love corvettes i love cars total car guy um but we pull up at the stoplight later on and the dude pulls up next to me and he rolls his window down i roll my window down and like I had my music going, but I like, I like shut it off. And like, I'm like, I'm like, bro, that thing's sick. And he he goes, dude, that your suburban sounds awesome. And I was like, I was like, oh, my heart. Like, 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 he's so affirm. I did. I, dude, I did. It was, the, I mean, it was dumb, but I, I, I loved it. I was it's like, real. that's awesome. Like, you know, total, total mad props moment. So that was yeah. freaking sweet. Um, Love it guys. Yes. Um, believe it or not. This is um, this is just a little bit of uh, intro um, friends catching up banter, and that's one of the reasons I love podcasting. I'm like, I and this is one reason I I love doing this. I told Adam I was like, dude, I feel like a podcast is just a good phone conversation with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. It's like if I can't even see you guys, but I'm like talking, and I can hear you in my headphones. Like, I'm having a great time because it's just a good conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. So part of part of like what I love doing here is being able to bring people. And they'll just capture these conversations. So that's how I kind of synthesize this little yeah. bit of us having some yeah. fun here. But I'd, yeah. I'd love to just kind of dig into, we have a topic today that we wanted to discuss something that's near and dear to my heart, to Adam's heart, to Peter's heart. Uh, and actually, Peter's the one who originally somehow found about this book that I'm about to introduce. The mm-hmm. book is called Hard Times Create Strong Men. And it's a self-help book written by, and I don't really like the term self-help, but well, I hate that term. Well, it, <laughs> self-improvement. It's a, it's a man the fuck up book. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that. Yes. <laughs> it is written by Stefan Arnio. Um, the book discusses basically a bunch of ideas about just the experiences and challenges that really kind of lead to us to personal growth and development as men. Um, and kind of according to Stefan, um, these hard times forge strong character, uh, strong character traits and such as like resilience uh, determination, perseverance, and it's kind of like a um, don't give any fucks, um, no complaining, no bitches here kind of a a mentality to the book. Um, and yeah, Peter's the first one who found that and it just kind of got passed around our friend group and we, we find it kind of ourselves recircling to re-listen to this book um, 
And yeah, kind of one of the topics that we drew out of it that we wanted to talk about today is essentially embracing hardship as a means of strengthening our own personal character as men. Um, the benefits of kind of tackling, it's two parts. And the second, like the benefits of tackling a lot of challenges earlier in life, rather than letting our victim mindset get to us and letting it kicking down the road and making excuses. Mm-hmm. But that said, um, yeah, I know. Let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have some thoughts on that, Peter, you want to lead off on for us. Yeah, I think I think that the big, one of the biggest parts about this, um, it, so when we embrace hardship, um, there's, there's a certain level of um, like just owning, owning, like taking ownership of, of the hard things of the, the things that are uncomfortable. Um, that, that like we as men have to do, we have to choose to, to do the hard thing. Uh, growing, growing up, my dad always, uh, used the, used the phrase, uh, eat, eat the frog. Uh, that was his way of saying, do the hard thing first. Um, and, and like, I know every, every time that I'm like, oh man, that, you know, I got something I, I need to do, but I don't want to do it. It's like, okay, what, why don't I want to do it? Am I, am I trying to shirk the, the responsibility of this thing? Or am I like, am I just being lazy about it? Like, wh- you know, kind of yeah. why? And then, and then instead of dwelling on the why, just recognizing why, just, just so I understand myself a little bit better and then just going and doing it. Um, because, yeah. because when you embrace that hardship, like for me, okay, um, the when you when you choose to go to the gym and you choose to lift heavy weights, what you're doing is you're doing something hard. But let me tell you, if you don't do that and you go through your life and you just eat shit and and you don't take care of your body and you you know drink eight to 12 cans of beer every single day and you, and you get fat as shit. Um, you're, it's, it's hard. Mm. It's hard being super overweight. Um, like I was 335 pounds. That's fat. Like that's fucking huge. Um, and it's uncomfortable. It, it's not good looking. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, this whole like, uh, body acceptance, body positivity shit in the world right now. Fuck that dude. You are, you're, you're lying to yourself. Anyone, anyone who's encouraging you, if you're like, actually like that overweight, bro, no, people are lying straight to your fucking face. They, they do not love you for it. All that people are looking at is they're going, well, sweet. They're not on the market. Like, I don't have to worry about that person, you know, taking, taking a potential, you know, partner prospect. or whatever yeah pro, a prospect <laughs> oh yeah dude no it's it's yeah. like oh 100 when dude. when you were a higher weight uh peter did yeah. you uh did you get that a lot of like oh just be like who you are oh all like, the fucking uh, time it it actually pissed me off it's um pissing me off right now here i uh, i i like i yeah. i legitimately got angry at people when people were like well you're not that big yeah i was like i was like the fuck you mean i'm not that big <laughs> I'm huge. I was like, I'm I look huge, in the mirror bro. Every fucking day. I look in the mirror. I know what I, I am. I walk up the stairs and I'm winded. 
I take my I take my German Shepherd on a walk and I'm winded. Like I'm breathing heavy after a block. I'm like, I'm exhausted. What do you mean I'm not that big? Don't like, don't lie to me. Like that, because that's what it that's I, I look at that as someone's lying to my face. And that pisses me off. I'm like, don't lie they're, to me. They're so uncomfortable with, you know uncomfortable topics and realities around them that they're not willing to admit it as it is. Uh, and they're afraid of, you know, their, their own judgments and then they feel guilty. So they have to say something as a pity. You know what I mean? Like they're unafraid just to like admit it as it is, or, you know, you know like, what I look oh, at I have it to as? say this because of me, not because of Peter. I, I look at it as them saying it to themselves. That's like, yeah, that's exactly. They're, they're, they're legitimate. Like pe- people are legitimately being like, in in their head, when they when they tell me, well, you're not that big, or you're not as big as so and so, or whatever, they're legitimate. They are they are simply creating the excuse for themselves. They're saying it so that they can hear it and they internalize it for themselves. So they like look at themselves in the mirror, and they're legitimately thinking, well, I'm not as big as Peter. But they're like they're like, hey man, like it's okay. Yeah. You're not that big. You're not. It's not that bad. They're saying that for themselves. They don't give a shit what I think. They don't, they don't care. They, they, they want to sound nice and, and friendly, whatever, but like, yeah. they don't dude, they don't give a fuck. And that's like, that's what pisses me off about it is it's like, you're being so like disingenuous, like, come on, wrap it, wrap it up, man. Like this, I don't, you know, it's not that, it's 100%. not that hard to be just like blatantly honest. I had a buddy uh, who told me last year, he told me if you can't like if you don't lose 50 pounds this year i want you to shake my hand and tell me you're gonna go see a doctor about this like legit and i was like i was like that was the most helpful thing anyone's ever said to me wow like if you can't do this for yourself i'm gonna force you to go get help and it was like oh shit okay this dude actually cares about me Mm -hmm. like that's what's up that was brotherhood that's what I needed. Yeah. I needed someone to look me in the eye and be like, and just call me on my shit and be like, hey, bro, you're fat. Yeah. Like, like bro, I know off. four fat people and you're three of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, mate. That's what it was. <laughs> that was that's what it was, that's dude. Cold, that's cold, man. That's it. Oh, I love shit. it. Shit. That's like, totally that's totally a your mom joke that you just <laughs> used there. I may have seen that on you social media at some point. So. Yes. I know we were kind of talking about this, guys, but earlier before the kind of the pre-show show. Um yeah. believe it or not, that is that is a thing. Um <laughs> and we just talked about like embracing the, the like the benefits that come in a life, in our life as a man, and developing our character. Um by embracing hardship and learning from it. And I, I know we kind of nuanced this. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about what that even is. But we, we nuanced this with like, it's super important to uh, do this sooner than later. And the idea of like, oh, people just dodge hardship all the time. And an example for, for this for me is just like, it's so easy to come, come home from work and just hop on the computer and start playing some video games. You know, quote unquote, unwind. And maybe truthfully so. Mm-hmm. But I know just the themes we've, we've t- discussed before of, of control. And, you know, I was listening to Stefan, um, the Hard Times Create Strong Men book today in the car and kind of re- re-going through it. And one thing he said was um, people, like men are designed to solve problems. Whereas women 
are very much designed to be very relational um, and be able to have a uh, kind of um, like a supreme, uh, super, supernatural uh, um, feminine genius to them and an intuition on conversations and deeper things. To emote. Emote. Emote is the word that he uses. Yes. It's just a phenomenal word. And men are, are we, we solve problems. And so it was like, you know, when we sit in front of the TV and watch football, he says, we're actually solving problems in our head. And we don't want to talk. We actually, we don't want there to be conversation. Mm-hmm. We, and, you know, when I get home um, and I play video games, these video games have been designed to have all the dopamine triggers. It's like right away and get me hooked. And even more importantly than that, though, like if I were to build a business, it might take two, five, 10 years. And it's, it's a commitment. You know, I'm embracing the hardship of this journey. But a video game, I can basically in 5%, um, yeah, 5% of the time and effort, I can shortcut into some of the same dopamine triggers and some of those same, like I solved problems um, and came to something like impactful and meaningful. So, you know, obviously it's all simulated. But yeah. all of a sudden you have these guys that are trading long-term resilience and um, kind of this idea of I'm going to embrace, I'm be willing to even embrace hardship and formation because, because it's easy to do other things like in my life, playing video games. Um, they, they, they just throw the cannon on that altogether. I want to talk about, like, can we talk about why, how important maybe some of our story really realizing that switch to want to embrace hardship in our own lives. Yeah, honestly, like a video game thing kind of relates a lot to me because like, dude, video games are addictive as shit and they're designed to be. <laughs> um, like, like I look at, sometimes I look at how, how much time I've spent playing video games. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, bro, like I, I look at like just, and like, obviously there's people that have played a lot more video games than I have, which when I think about it is like kind of sad. Um, but like, yeah. even if I just look at how much I've played old school RuneScape, it's over 60 days of in-game time. That's 60 God. days of my life, dude. Jeez. <laughs> like, imagine how much you can get done in 60 days. And that's that's like continuous time, like 60 days of not sleeping. Granted, like uh, some of it is AFK where I'm not actually like at the computer, but like definitely the majority of it was not. So, and, and like, that's just like one example of like, how much time are we just wasting doing like these other little things when like your, uh, actual life is just kind of falling apart because you're not doing the shit that you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I definitely recall like one of the big switches for me was like kind of realizing that like I had my, my friends, some of my friends in real life and then like that I'd interact in real life. And then I have some like friends that I played video games with. And then I realized like, wait, I feel like I'm kind of living like two lives, like a virtual one and a, and like a quote unquote real one, like in real life, like IRL kind of thing to use internet lingo. Um, yeah. And I was like, and I feel like I'm almost like a different person in some ways in, in them. And then I was just like kind of talking to some of the, the couple of the guys that I was playing uh, video games with. And we were just kind of like getting a little deep. I like, I went to high school with the guys is, is fun. Um, but one of the guys um, was like, like I was talking like, Oh man, like I feel like I'm living two lives kind of. And, and he's like, 
And one of the guys was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of understand like the real life, virtual life thing. I think I'm only really living one life. I mean, it might be the virtual one, but like, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> wow. um, he said that to you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm just going like, shit, like, that's not, that's not what I, I don't want to live a virtual life and then just do fucking nothing with my real one, you know? And like, from like my experiences of like doing ministry and, and traveling with that and, and like experiencing like the joy in that and of, of real things that matter. I'm like, why would I trade like the real stuff for this, this fake shit where it's like, yeah, this video game is fun, but as soon as you turn it off, like there's no satisfaction there. Whereas like in real life, like you're not going to escape real life other than dying. So, like, it, it, once you accomplish something, you've kind of accomplished it forever. Yeah. What What I want to know is, like, what's, what's, like, what's below the surface with that? Um, I'm hearing you talk about your experience with these video games. And, and this, he's, this friend says this line to you about, you know, the virtual life. Yeah. I, I was... I was pretty moved when you, when you said, I want to, I've thought about the things I've done that have given me purpose in life. And I want to go and live my life and, li you know, have it be meaningful, impactful. Like, oh, I felt, sh I felt kind of shook by that. I'm not going to lie. That was, yeah. but like, what the question that bubbled up to my mind with that was, what is kind of the deeper thing that, that inspired you? Cause obviously like, obviously it's really really hard to choose to lean into responsibility yeah. and ownership. But like, you know, I almost think of like this, this meaning and purpose, like you get to embark on this journey and you get to see that you've gone somewhere and did things. I don't think you could say the same thing about a virtual life. I mean, like some, some people that like are really into video games could like, argue that and be like oh well i achieved this in this video game and i like made videos about it and people liked those videos and i made money from it and i'm like okay but you're just you're literally just like justifying you playing video games by real world wins so it's like why don't just yeah. make wins in the real world um but also like it like you you can like get like quote-unquote gangs in, in in the virtual world and then you're your virtual friends that play that video game with you or whatnot will will like be like oh nice man you you did that thing like good for you but it's also like yeah but i just spent 20 hours trying to get one item <laughs> um yeah or something or even more so it's like it it and when does it end you know because they keep updating the game so it's like it's it's just it just winds you into it to keep going like yeah like video games now are like a lot of them are designed to basically be lifestyle. Like another game that I played a lot of league of legends, like in order to be good at it, you have to basically play it for five hours plus a day and they update it so often. That's like, if you're out of it for a little while, you're like, well, I don't know what half of these items do anymore. Wow. So like, I have to like research on what's like the, the meta, what's like the good, like the good stuff to use. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you, you just got to put in a whole bunch of work to figure it out. And like at a certain point, I was like, 
why would I put work into, you know, playing these video games when I could be putting work into actual like work? And like in a time after high school, when I was just like just working and just manual labor, pushing carts, um, a lot of the time I just think about like, how can I get better at video games? Where it's like, bro, if I, I had like switched my, my, like flipped the switch before that, like, and like thought about like, how can I accomplish stuff in real life? Like, damn, like I would have, like, I feel like I would have been so farther along. Now, obviously like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I wish I did better. But I like, this is a, just a giant rant because I'm like kind of pissed off about how much time I've spent on video games. Like, yeah. I wasted all my life, but at I the mean, same time, it's like I've learned lessons like, from I it think, too. I think the big takeaway with video games is just that it's it's an easy way to get the the dopamine, and it's an easy way to get the experience of solving problems and have. And I think like what we're trying to really kind of hinge on is like, um, I just want to open up for discussions. Like, what's the benefits of tackling challenges early on, and what are some ways we can like, like let's not make it about video games. That was just like a quick example. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, let's like shift and be like, what are things that, um, yeah, I just, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Pete. Yeah. Um, before I say it, I, Adam, you mentioned that the amount of time, like days you spent on RuneScape. Yeah. That's just shy of 1500 hours. Yeah. So when, 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 uh, when Stefan talks about, uh, the statistic of, in order to become a a master of something that's either 10 years or 10,000 hours, that's like well on your way. Um, or or pe- people will be like, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to spend the time to, to get good at this thing. It's yeah. like, bro, the time's going to pass anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that wow. that ties perfectly into what we're talking about right now, which is um, doing the hard things first. Um, or not even first, but like doing them, uh, yeah. knowing knowing that that's what you have to do um, to step to step in. You know, embracing hardship. You know, what does that what does that mean? What does it mean, or what does it mean to me? Um, to you? To to me, I I look at I look at like when I hear the word embrace, I I I always think of like. Um, there's two two different formats. One one is like a firm handshake of like grabbing hold, looking, you know, looking another person in the eye and being and being like kind of like that ICU um embrace. Or it's just a full-on bear hug. Um, I'm I'm either or. I love I love both of those formats um for greeting people, but that's that's how I interpret the word embrace. Um and then hardship is obviously anything that's difficult in your life. Um, it can be small things. It can be big things. But when you embrace hardship, it's like grabbing hold of it and being like, I see you and I'm now, and I'm not, I'm now going to own you. Not in a, not in a, you know, when, when you meet someone, it's not like that, but like with, with the hard things, grabbing hold of it and being like, I have this. I, I'm I'm in control now. Um, you know, like I I pride myself in in how good of a hug I give. Um, little little shout out props to me. Um this is very true. <laughs> I 
I I literally have won contests in multiple places where they were like, all right, we're going to have the best hug award. And I was unanimously voted number one. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, major props. Um, <laughs> to my own horn on that one. But here's 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 kind of where 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 my brain goes um, with with this is if we attempt if we attempt to avoid the discomfort of the hardship, we're going to end up being far more uncomfortable in the long run. Um. So. So if you don't just like go do it, like whatever it is, I you know I I keep saying it. Because it is the hardship. It's the the thing that that's that's difficult for you right now. Let's say let's say it is let's say it is you know you want to be in the gym. Let's say it's you want to lose the weight, but you don't know how. And you, and you're like, oh, I, you know, I'm I got to do this research, and then I gotta I gotta like learn about this. No, 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 no. Like, pick a diet and just start and start lifting. Like, go to the gym. I, okay, here's here's one. People always think about, I don't want to look stupid in the gym. You you have no idea how little people look at you in the gym. Like I I, I kid you not. Like if if you walk into the gym, they're looking at themselves. Pe- people are looking at themselves. They they they're looking at themselves in the mirror. I, I don't care. Like you could you could be the best looking human being. You walk into the gym. If I look up and see you, I might I might notice you. But my brain is literally going, okay, uh, how many do, how many sets do I have left? Look, human. Um, okay, I got this many sets, this many lifts. This is what I'm doing next. I'm not paying attention to you. No one's paying attention to you. I got to keep my back a little straighter on that and, one. And yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Even, and even if they like do look at like you or what you're doing from your phone, you're not gonna be like, wow, you're doing it wrong. You, you're fucking suck at this. Leave. No, like, <laughs> no, right. because because everybody knows if you're in a gym, it's because you want to get better. Yeah. You want to be better. So just, just go, feel that in the air. Too, go you know? do it. The atmosphere there is literally designed for people who are scared to be there, to be there. Okay. And if you're like, oh, I had a bad experience. Cool. Punch that person in the throat and keep going. Do it again. Go back. I don't, I, don't actually, I'm not encouraging violence, but I'm sort of encouraging violence. <laughs> <laughs> don't Men- me Mentally that. punch them in the throat. Right. And then, and then, but. and then, okay, let's, let's say, let's say someone did say something. Is what we're saying. Uh, Move past use it. it. Use it. Put that in the chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Go prove them wrong. If someone, someone says something stupid or something snide to you, put that in a chip on your shoulder and go get bigger, more massive, whatever than them. Okay. Outlift them, whatever you have to do, do it. Now it's, a, now it's just something to push you harder. That's use fuel, that. baby. It's fuel for the fire. Use that. That's going that's it, you're you're not now you're not avoiding the discomfort and so and so you're you're gonna you're gonna embrace that okay you're gonna step into that into that d- discomfort you're gonna step into that that place where you're kind of like this is a little uncomfy good step into that own that space make it your bitch Okay, like hold hold on to that thing. Grab discomfort by the balls and, and control on, it. Like that's you know that this is this is what I'm talking about. This is like yeah. this is what I'm doing now. Like this is this is what I'm living now. Um, I like I was I let that bitch voice win. I let that that situational. 
oh, but I, I just don't want people to look at me weird, whatever. I, dude, I was literally getting off work at two in the morning and I would go to the gym after work. I remember that, there yeah. was there was no one there. Why like what was I afraid of? Hmm. The one other person that might show up at my 24 hour club. Like, do I don't care what people think of me. Like I, I legitimately don't. But for some reason, I psyched myself out in this, in this, like, oh, but but what if someone else is there? What if they see me at 335? Like, dude, you go to work, everyone that you work with, your whole family, everybody sees you like this. You can't hide that. So why like why you're in the gym? That means you're trying to lose it. You're trying to be better. And I feel like if I saw like a 330-pound man in the gym at 3 a.m. or something like that, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> like This get, guy's he's devoted. Get, he he's wants to done. get better. <laughs> right. Right. So I don't, dude, I don't Absolutely. know why. I don't yeah. know why that part of that bitch voice won. But like, okay, so let's let's move into this. Like that when when we talk about hard times create strong men, I wanna I, I kind of wanna talk about that the whole poem. I forget who the poem is by. Um, but it's uh Oh shit. Um hmm. uh strong strong men create good times. Um you, you got this. Good good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men. Um so it kind of goes full circle. Um it's roughly on an 80 year cycle. Yeah. Um right now in America, uh which we're obviously from America, uh, land of the red, white, and blue. Um, America, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. So it's it's very much so. Like you, you look at the state of like the, the the political state. You look at like where we're at. Um, it's it's we're moving into it into a, a harsh recession. Um, I mean, we're we're economically we're in a recession right now. We're definitely moving into a more like urgent kind of situation. Um, if you look at the stock markets that leading into the 2008 recession, it's, it's like borderline identical, um, where we're at right now, we're literally on the precipice. So that's kind of, you know, something where it's like, all right, that's a little terrifying. But at the same time, it's like, wow, what a time to be alive. Like we're, we're literally at this point in history where like we saw, we can look back and see how people reacted in the 2008 recession. And you see what businesses came out like hella on top. Like that, that were like, oh, we just, they went all in through this thing. They, they like poured everything that they had into it. And then, and then when they, when they came out on the other side of the, that recession, their companies were booming. Like, I mean, I'm talking booming, but then, but then the companies that didn't, the, the groups, the groups that were like, oh, we're going to batten down the hatches and we're going to, you know, we're going to try and like, save ourselves go in into reserve yeah mode. Go, go into reserve mode they got obliterated like there was no coming back from it they were, they were toasted um and that's like what we're moving into so it's like okay cool yeah i'm totally. I, you know as much as i don't i'm not like oh i'm excited about a recession i'm also like i look at it as a time of growth um like to be steady to to create and build these habits now um so that when we come out of this thing, we come out running because I like, I want to come out sprinting. Um, oh yeah. 
Mm. I used I used to have a phrase. I used to have a phrase. My it was like a, it was like a tagline. People would be like, "Oh, let's go for a run." And 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 my my phrase was, "If you ever see me running, you should probably start running too, because something bigger and scarier than me is coming, and I'm afraid to fight it." <laughs> so, <laughs> they're probably but, not but, running from you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not running from me. You should get out ahead of me, because I was probably gonna be the slower thing. So you know, that was just my. That's <laughs> changing now, though. It, it has changed. I uh, this guy's get you lose you lose 115 pounds, and you find out you actually got wheels. Um, Dude, I can move. It's pretty fun. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait to hit hit like the ultimate ultimate frisbee course and shit. Oh, like dude, yeah, it's gonna be dude. awesome. Um but yeah, yeah so like like this so, is I mean, dude, there's there's so much there's so much here with with like embracing yes. the hardship. Um like stepping up to it. It's like it's like it's like when you know in the MLB major league uh baseball, um when you when you step up to that plate and you like look a hundred mile an hour fastball in the eye. Like you're, you're, you're staring at this thing that like could kill you if the pitcher throws it wrong. It could hit you right in the face and kill you. But you trust him to do his, his deal and then you're going to do yours. Right? So you're, you're, you're stepping in. You're stepping up to the plate. You're like, all right, this hard thing is coming at me. It's coming at me no matter what. I'm going to hit it. And I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to give this thing everything I've got. I don't care what it is. I mean, I, you know, we, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about like the big things. Um, but like maybe, maybe it's, you need to wake up earlier in the morning. Um, hmm. This is one, this is one that I've like totally struggled with is, is waking up on time. Um, being, being on, on like the late shift for work for such a long time, m- like messed me up mentally. And so I've had to work really, really hard to get my brain to shut off earlier at night uh, versus being up until, you know, 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning because now I have to wake up, you know, on, on a regular basis around 5.30 in the morning, which to some people that's nothing, to other people that's super early to each their own. But like going from that's, that was like a, a decent time for me to fall asleep to now that's when I have to wake up. That was a big shift. That's been hard. Um, oh, yeah. And so, and so being like, okay, well, how do I train myself to actually do that thing? Um, has definitely, definitely been, definitely been a struggle. Um, and so like, like that, that aspect of it is like, okay, that's a hard thing. That's a hardship for me. So what do I, what do I do in order to actually kind of step up to that? You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, all right, I start yeah. preparing for bed earlier at night. Okay. That's, you know, in theory, that sounds good. Well, what if, what if my brain doesn't want to turn off until like two in the morning on average? Okay. How, what are, what are some tips and tricks that I can start to learn that I can begin to like get my brain to start turning off earlier, you know? And that, so I've, I've seen some of my coworkers, they make the, sh- they make the switch in like no time. And it like, t- it takes them like three weeks and they're, and they're good. And, and then there's me and I'm like, it was like eight months of like struggle. Like I was, I was late to work so many times I got written up. Like, <laughs> wow. it was like, it was like, oh my gosh. But it was like, okay, cool. You know, that happened, you know, um, that the day, the day that it happened, I, I fell asleep at 
at uh, 4.30 in the morning. And then I didn't wake up until 7.15 and I'm supposed to start at 7.30. And so it was like, there's no way I can drive a 22-minute drive in uh, in that little amount of time. Like there's fast and then there's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, t- I took it right up, but that was whatever. Um, I kind of got a good chuckle yeah. out of it. But like, okay, so the har- the hardship of that, you know, what do you do in that to to like actually begin to learn and to to understand and to like face that, you know? Um, there, I mean, there's so many things that you can do, but picking picking something and then working on it, and then mm. finding something else and starting to work on that too, um, and then and you know, okay, it's cool. So it's starting to go to bed earlier, trying to go to bed earlier, laying down. Uh, no screen time, you know, really close to bed, like try and go two hours without being on your screen before bed. Um, you know, maybe, maybe trying to take uh, like a, 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 a little sleepy time or like the, the little, uh, some melatonin, like, like a melatonin gummy or something. You know, I got, I got some of those in my business. It's super good. But I take them every night, actually. Dude, they're amazing. They're magical. If, if I take, if I take it anything later than like nine o'clock now, it like I'll probably oversleep. <laughs> like there's dude, it's only 1.5 mil, mil, milligrams of freaking melatonin, like hardly anything like that combined with the lavender or whatever else, dude, neutral light. They know what they're doing. Um, but like, so, okay. So cool. This is, this is, you know, that's, that's good. That's the hardship of it. Um, learning it, learning yourself and then moving through that. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, um, I think what's so moving to me about the message from Stefan is, is he, he just gives it to you straight. And he's like, Hey, like, are you going to whine and say your boss is mean because he just tells you the truth? Are you going to, you know, uh, just make excuses for yourself even, and like be upset. Your family's like has boundary issues with you and get mad at you. But the reality is you're 22 years old and living in your parents' house still. And that they still pay for all your shit. And it's like, he just says this stuff and, and he gives these historical examples. And it's just, I'm continuing to be inspired by, like, you can either take it and be like, wow, like, oh, like, how dare he say that? But it's like, it, it's tough because you might not be living where you want to be. And so you hear these messages and it just makes you, it, like what we brought up earlier, it, it gives you that, that kind of shame. But I think if we can inspire one kind of action, one commitment from myself, from, from everybody listening, from everybody in this room here on this podcast, it'd be, can I take like one of these things that we've discussed today and can I start to take some steps on it? Uh, because the reality is life is hard and it doesn't make excuses. You, you make excuses. Um, and, but you can flip, you can flip the, the scales uh, and you can harness a lot of the challenges as a um, kick in the pants of where you need to get better. And when you do get better there, when you do form your character, that only compounds over time and allows you to help more people. It allows you to um, inspire people. It allows you to have the strength to provide for a family. Uh, When you have a kid that's freaking out, you have the means and strength to withstand that and not get emotional and be able to provide them direction, help and care. Um, and, and countless other things we could talk about. And so 
let's cut the crap. Let's cut the complaining. Let's be dangerous men. It's been, it's been real, Peter. Thanks for, thanks for coming on with us today. Absolutely. We're definitely excited to, to chat more. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't run any ads on here, guys. We're not trying to sell you anything. We just, we just want to bring value to help men like ourselves where we've been to where we're going. We want you to join that journey with us. The only ask we could ever make is that you just share this episode with a friend who might need to hear this message today. It'll only take you 10 seconds. It might make a difference in someone's life. I know for me, a podcast has made a difference in my life at the proper time. We, we drop in these every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe so you never miss a moment. You've been listening to the Dangerous Man Podcast. Join us next time. Until then, stay dangerous. Stay dangerous.